0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me as always is editor Aidan Ormond. Good afternoon. Online editor Kevin Ayres. Can
2: we talk about the Socceroos?
1: not yet. Not yet. And our very special guest for this week, Mark Robertson, uh, from Mr Soccer, formerly of Perth Glory, Sydney FC, just looking at the list, it's a hell of a list, Stanmore Hawks, Marconi Stallions, Burnley, Wollongong Wolves, Swindon Town, Dundee, St Johnston, Stockport, Perth Glory, FC Sopron, Sydney FC and Sydney United
3: more clubs than Tiger Woods there you know, go <laughs> I
1: tell you what that is a hell of a list Both Paris. Yes. so Mark has joined us for the whole of the podcast we'll be chipping in about all things A-League Socceroos and then we'll have a chat in the, the middle section about what he's up to now uh, with his own uh, initiative with Mr Soccer so we'll, uh, we'll kick off by looking at A-League round 9 uh, starting with Melbourne victory narrow victory over Perth Glory one of your former clubs Mark well, that doesn't really narrow it down so. um, <laughs> Lads, what do we think? Uh, another cracking strike from Marco Ro- Marcus Rojas mm. on fire. Um, what did we make of it, Ado? Yeah, I think
4: Rojas might just be the best young player in the league right now uh, with Rogic. Um, victory just continuing this sort of Ange revolution. Um, Perth lost Miller uh, in, the, in the warm-up, which was, which was a, I think, a huge blow. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they just edged it, and I think they deserved the points in the end. Yeah, it's been a a
2: rough run of results, really, for Perth Glory. They've just not found that early season uh, momentum they had going initially. Uh, Problems with injuries, family reasons for Shane Smeltz uh, pulling out earlier in the uh, season. Uh, Then losing Liam Miller in uh, injury time. I I was hearing, and I have no idea if there's any truth to it, but apparently uh, Fergie's got two or three games to try and sort things out, or he could be in a bit of bother. Surely not. I would have thought that's a bit soon, to be honest, but you never know with Tony Sage.
1: Sage Bramovic. Yeah. <laughs> um Mark, what did you make of it? How, how, what's your views on the sort of transformation that Melbourne are going through? I mean, you, you know, we, you, I was watching it thinking how different that yeah. second half and the passing was compared with the first half of the mm. game against Melbourne Heart in game one, when it looked like they were look like Bambi on ice and yeah. they were trying to do something they'd never done before. Here we are nine games later, and arguably they're playing the best football in the league.
3: Yeah, well, for those that uh, know football, it doesn't surprise uh, them because it doesn't take, uh, well, it does take a bit of time to, to stamp your own authority as a coach on a team, and I think that's what Ange will do, and he's uh, he's obviously showed that over the, f- the last sort of, like you said, six weeks and four weeks in particular. Um, the Rojas at the, at the weekend, it wasn't just his goal; it was just the, the superb energy and enthusiasm that that he brings to the football field. And I think that Ange brings the best out of those young players. We've seen mm-hmm. that at uh, Brisbane Raw when he was there. And there's no doubt about it. He's got a way and a mannerism with these young players that he does bring the best out in them. And and I know for a fact that um, that's that's through confidence. And he, we plays it, he plays them for starters. Exactly. Which is Not, which yet, yet. Not yet, Not <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he plays <laughs> yeah. and he trusts them. And he plays them in pivotal roles. You know, that, and that's,
3: that's the best way to be as a coach. You know, there's no point in taking on a job or, or calling upon uh, certain players and having them in your squad if you're not going to play them. Yeah. They're in your squad for a reason, uh, and if they weren't capable, then they shouldn't be in your squad.
1: Yep. Mm. Um, Finkler, separated at birth, Kaka. Uh, the way he carries himself on the pitch, looks yeah. like him, same hair.
2: Yeah.
1: I was just watching great. him, going, he's not quite, but <laughs> moves like him, plays in a similar way. Yeah. Have a look this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's a
2: good call. No, I
1: can see it, can see it, just not um, quite up there in the same no, technical level. No, but, you know. but um, yeah. Um, key in this as well, though, was for all victories sort of play, and they did only manage one goal, and you can look back at two critical saves from Nathan Coe, um, especially the one from Smeltz. I mean, Smeltz thought that was in as soon as mm. he headed it, and it was past him, and he got his arm down. and uh, you know, So, again, is that Mark, Ange moving, being decisive? Had a look at um, the two keepers that he got decided he didn't want like I didn't trust either of them mm. went and got Nathan Co and now that's when keepers win, you know win your games
3: yeah I've known about Co for a good couple of years now yeah um, a lot of background uh, sort of checks and so forth had, had come through and a lot of questions had been asked about the kid and uh, and I know they are all positive reviews and uh, so once again it doesn't surprise me that um, that he's doing so well. Um, but you know those saves at the weekend were, were nothing short of world class. Not to put any sort of pressure on the mm. on the young fella, but yeah, that one that he was out outstretched for uh, for um, Nathan uh, for Smilksy was yeah, um, yeah amazing. Mm.
4: I think the only surprise for me was the crowd number. I mean, I, I, I just kind of expected more in Melbourne. Was it seventeen? Yeah, you know. But I
1: mean, hey, let's not be picky. Um, Glory. I didn't think they were. They, they've certainly played their part in this I enjoyed watching the contrasting sort of styles um, it was a real sort of contrasting styles in the way that both teams approached the game but if you're Glory, I wouldn't necessarily be disheartened by this
2: no I mean I think like I say they've had a, a bad run of results uh, for the past few weeks and they will be wanting to turn that around but I mean th- it's a very very talented squad in there and if they can get everybody on the field at the same time uh, then I don't see any reason why it won't turn around uh, it's you know the grand finalists last season beaten grand finalists last season and it's essentially the same squad. Oh. I still, and I, I know I've said this before, but I still think they're really missing the lack of Androsinio coming on and changing things. you every, <laughs> 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 every week on the Andresinho
4: bandwagon. Every
2: week.
1: Are you, are you, are you his agent? Do you <laughs> I don't have any agents I don't in the room? <laughs> <laughs> every
2: weekend, you can just see where he could have come on and made a difference, and they don't have anybody to thank for now, Kev. I don't know, actually, but I think they should try and find out and get him back.
1: Mm. Okay. All right. Mariners, top of the table clash. Mariners prevailed 2 1. It's Adelaide after going behind. Bruce Gittes' opener um, was cancelled out by Josh Rose uh, just before half time. And then Nick Montgomery with a nice uh, controlled volley finish won the game. Um, you'd probably say the keeper, Izzo, was probably at fault for Josh Rose's. Should have kept that out, really. A young kid coming in, mm. but you know never like to uh, criticise the humbles. But look at that and think. Yeah, that was really regulation. I mean, he hit mm. it well, but it went straight through his hands.
4: Mm. Yeah, in really difficult conditions, the game as well. Um, Robert, did you ever play with or against uh, Montgomery in, in your time in the UK? Do you remember
3: him? Uh, I think I had a good game. We, yeah, yeah, I, we, yeah. Would have, uh, we would have crossed paths, and um, in all honesty, I... I never used to take notice of who I was playing against. Um, it was always just get on with the job and uh, and and do what I needed to do to to win a game of football. But um, look, I've watched him since he came to Australia, and I think he's done done a fair old job. Mm. You know, he's um, we do give criticism to a lot of the foreigners that come to Australia for for whatever reason. Um, but he's he, to me, he looks like a good, honest uh, footballer. That you know what you're going to get from him each week. Um, you know, some of the players that do come from the UK, they're not going to light up the world. But at the end of the day, they're here to do a job. And uh, me as an ex-footballer, I appreciate that because I know exactly what they bring to the table. And um, he's doing it. He's done it. He's done it well for these guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think he's he's one of these players that flies under the radar. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not a, a very glamorous position that no, he plays in, no. so he's not going to get an awful lot of spotlight or attention in and that And he did sense. sign
4: right as Del Piero signed, so yeah. he completely got lost yeah. in um, yeah.
2: So yeah, I think, uh, but you know, goals always going to put you back uh, in the headlines, and it's, he's going to get a bit more attention, I think, from now on, uh, from the opposition. Uh, I think it was a, it was an important match this one, because uh, I think in many ways, you know, it could be one of the key matches in, over the course of the season that uh, decides who ends up on top. Um, and I think Mariners were good for the win, uh, and Adelaide United. There's still something not quite right with Adelaide United. They're so close to being, you know, a really top premiership-winning team, but there's just something lacking. Whether it's a squad unity, because you just can't
1: quite well, I mean, tie a, down a, there was his first eleven. Piece missing Mark for Adelaide last mm. year, which was Dario Villisage. Yeah, you know, I mean, is, is he is he that key? That, I mean, what we saw here was both teams playing without their normal number ten. Mm. The mm. Mariners without Rogic. Adelaide without Vincic, the yeah. Mariners managed to compensate, yeah. and also prove that they can win games when McBreen doesn't score. What was that nickname,
2: Kev, sim- of McBreen you had for the Wednesday? Slodan <laughs> so, down, um, I
1: mean, is is it that simple? Is Vincic that important for Adelaide that when he's there, they just miss, they lack that fluency? I
3: think, I think he is. I think uh, always with the number ten or with your creative player. You look to them to change the game. You know, you know they're not going to, uh, you know, help you in a defensive manner. Uh, we always used to have a saying in the UK. It was uh, like a fizzy drink. You know, they go, they go all bubbly for about five five minutes, and then it goes flat, and then you need to re-top it up, get it bubbling again. So these sort of guys, they're creative. You know, so we want these boys on the ball as much as possible. Now, if it was me and I was in charge, or you know, in the team, I would say give it to Daria and give it to Rogic. When they lose it, let's get it back for them and give it to them again. You know, because they're not the sort of guys that are going to be sprinting up and down the park. They're the ones that want the ball to feet, and they're creative. So that's their job description for the football team. And as far as I'm concerned, I'd give it to Vitisic all day long. And when he lost it, I'd be the person that got it back for him and give it to him again and go, away you go, pal, go do what you do, what you do best, yes. which is create for us. And that's where you're going to get your goals. And I think with these two teams, with the old guards there in Kazi and, and Arnie, I'm sure they do that. I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident, that they'll say the rest of us will work for you. Give him the ball and let him create. And you can see it in their in their game mannerism, the way those two number tens play for for those clubs. It's it's no doubt that they're up the top of the league. The two of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Brisbane, Newcastle 1-0 win to Brisbane Royal Borussia from the penalty spot but again probably might will be remembered more for uh, for the sending off of uh, Mitchell and Breus. Uh Broyish's red card has since been rescinded, um, right decision Kev?
2: Yeah I think so uh, I didn't actually see this game uh, so I can't really comment from a, a great position of authority but from the highlights I saw yes. it seemed like a fair decision uh, to uh, turn, overturn the, the red uh, and Josh Mitchell was full of apologies on Twitter the day after his match, so I think he fully accepted responsibility for his actions. And the um, player I
1: thought was lucky not to get sent off was part of it. because he had no part in it, mm. pardon the pun, um, but came running 30, 40 yards yeah. to, to slam into Mitchell and push it's, him over. Didn't, didn't
4: he actually get pushed by a, a teammate into Mitchell? And the two, could take so they're lining the up. Job. Is that what you're saying? they were <laughs> lining up.
1: <laughs> and then it's on. So, yeah. as a player you don't you know, do it <laughs> I, you know you've been involved in those where it's like it's two players and then it's like right everyone's running in yeah. and it's that moment yeah. like do I go or do I just stay here
3: look, you obviously back your teammates till the cows come home, but when it's handbags at a couple of paces then different story, you know and that's all it ever turns into you know it's a bit of You know, my turf and your turf, and it's always like, you know, a lot of swearing, a lot of pushing goes on, but nothing ever comes of it, you know. And I think it's really just to say that we're here, we're in the mix, we're in this game with you. Um, But to be honest, for someone running 40 metres to get involved, then, uh, you know, you start to wonder, don't you? (laughs) The only time I've
1: ever seen an actual punch recently was Daniela De Rossi. Yeah. Uh,
3: Yeah.
1: Genuinely, actually, like, chinned someone recently, a few weeks ago. Mm. You know, ran over and went. So like, is he going to him? Yeah. And he just did him. <laughs> yeah, you don't see
3: it. Like I said, you never see it. But um, yeah, those sort of one-offs, you know, you start to wonder about the uh, the mentality of the player as well. And
4: it's
1: good for a little break as well at the 80th minute on a really hot day. Get a drink. You know, That's what it was
3: all about. Let's put it down to that.
1: So I mean, Kev, like, bigger picture, an important win for for Raddo, Um to sort of shore things up a little bit there. I mean, it, you know, probably it certainly wasn't the you know the fluent passing, expansive role that we've come to expect but a win's a win
2: I think it's taken a bit of the pressure off him to be mm. honest uh, but I certainly don't see it as a season defining turning point for them, uh, I think you know he's still got a lot to prove uh, and I think he's still got to the end of the year before the pressure is really going to ramp up uh, to see a significant improvement, he can't go from being you know uh, champions to uh, propping up the, the foot of the table, uh, no matter you know how much the management's changed. It should be a, a better transition than that. He's hardly lost any players, if any at all, actually. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, supposed to be the brains of the operation. There's no excuse for being the situation they're in. He needs more wins.
4: And there is a sort of a concerning thing I, I saw today that the club were considering bringing in a couple of sporting gurus to help him out uh, to, to to lift the team. News out of Brisbane today that. Um, two sort of um, motivational sporting guys who work with other codes might be brought in uh, to uh, to help ride it. That doesn't give you a lot of confidence if you're out of visit. Never a lot of all, I think. Nah. Oh,
3: oh, look, it's, um, once that sort of starts to happen, it, it's about man management, you know, and you could be uh, the world's best number two, so you've got a, a coach and then an assistant, and you could put on the training sessions and the drills every day, um, but when that person's promoted to the top spot and, and the hot seat in particular, everything changes because the man management needs to kick into play here. You know, we're talking about uh, Postacoglu, who's a great motivator of young, uh, young players and giving them the chance and giving them the confidence. Don't know Rado uh, personally, but this could be a little bit of a difficult element for him to bring across to the players. I mean, from all accounts, his uh, training sessions are fantastic. And mm. I've been in places like that before where your number two puts on a, a world-class training session. I had Glenn Roeder as, as an assistant and fantastic session. But then when he takes over as a manager, really yeah. struggled to get the man management uh, side of things across mm. to the players.
1: But is that, more, is that because you know maybe to do that and make that step up, you need to move club to a different set of players? so that your relationship from day one is as that number one, it must make it more difficult because often the the number two, because he's more hands-on, is a lot more pally with the players generally. He's the link between the manager and the players. He's the one doing the mm-hmm. session for them. That, to then almost reimagine that relationship and go, well, look, boys, I'm now the number one and what I say goes, must be tough with the same group of players.
3: I oh, hear you with that, Andy, but... And my biggest thing is, is if these players have the trust and the confidence in him as a number two, why would they not have that if he's a number one? Now, these guys have been with him. They've won things with him. As far as I'm concerned, they should all sit and look at themselves and go, you know what, this guy's been fantastic for us over the past couple of years. Now he's got his chance and it all stops at the players. He can only deliver what he wants to deliver. And if the players aren't going to perform on the park and they're going to uh, you know, be losing three points, yes, it comes back to the manager. But at the end of the day, some of those players need to think to themselves, uh, how much do we respect and how much do we really want this for him? And look, there's no doubt about it. They won't be saying that they want a new coach, that's for sure. Mm. Um, they'll still be feeling the pinch that that has left as the whole place is up there, you know? I know there's a lot of uh, uncomfortable feelings between fans and so forth when he left, but you know what? It's under the carpet now. Get on with yeah.
1: it. Yeah, so that's football. Um, all right, Wellington Phoenix, uh, 1-0 win over Western Sydney. Um, Brocky with his sixth goal of the season, but you'd, you'd probably say this was, uh, you'd chalk this down to the wind more than Brockie. Um <laughs> yeah. It was... Uh, it was an absolute horrible goal. Uh, Ante Kovic won't want to see it again, but I mean, there was mitigating circumstances with the the strength of the wind that just blew this in from the uh, from the left wing. Um, same old story, a little bit for Western Sydney, and that you know they're solid, tough to beat, but just lacking that creativity and penetration in the final third.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that this season's just going to be a continuous learning curve for them. And, you know, I think we've already learned that they're lacking up front uh, quite badly and need to find somebody who can score them goals on a fairly regular basis. Uh, it is just lacking there at the moment. Uh, they have got some potential there. I mean, there, there's some young players there that, you know, given the chance, will come on. Um, but in terms of a solid, reliable goal scorer, it's clearly lacking yeah. uh, and uh, they could try and sign someone in January or just accept the fact that this season's going to be uh, a one of development and consolidation for, for the future. Um, uh, just in the subject of Brockie's go, I loved Cathy's. Cathy Stone was doing the uh, the site this weekend and her headline on that was the wind beneath my Win."
1: <laughs> like that. Brilliant. Um, I mean, Tony Popovich, Mark would point towards a couple of penalty decisions that he didn't get. And um, there was one, a, a pretty clear handball from Andrew Durante. Uh, second one, Ben Sigmund bundling over one of the players in the box. You know, I mean, as a, you know, as a player involved in that, you know, that that must be telling things just aren't going for you decision-wise. You're going away to Wellington, which isn't the easiest place to go. at The best of times, it's blowing a gale, you're getting nothing. You know, yeah. I mean, how does that feel when you're a player?
3: I'm surprised Popper's not got more grey hair, put it that way. <laughs> you know, uh, the big fella, um, I think he's, he's, he'll be a tremendous uh, manager in, in, in time to come. He's, you know what, he's got some seasoned professionals in there. You know, going through their squad, there's boys in there that have played at, at good levels and, and for a consistent amount of time. Popper will always have a great defensive structure, no matter what. Not just because he played there, but defensively minded, he's very good at it. You know, I've been involved in some sessions with him and, and, you know what, he was one of the best that I've seen um, outside of the UK. So now for him to see that, and it shows in, in the goals conceded, you know, they haven't conceded a lot of goals, but he wants the top-end stuff. He wants the goals up the top. So to be claiming for penalties and so forth, 100%. He's got every right to claim for some of those shouts. And, you know, like I said before, we've seen them given. In, in any other leagues or any other games, you've seen them given. Now, he is screaming out for a goal scorer, uh, looking at the, the, the cattle he's got. Um, you know, young Joey Gibbs on the sideline, I guess, uh, waiting for an opportunity. Um, the, the Croatian boy that, that they brought in, probably not firing on all cylinders, but he's no mug. He's played the game before. Mm. So there's something there. Something's happening um, that he's not quite settled. Uh, he's got his opportunities in the past and he's just not put them away. You know, you look at uh, at some of the chances he's had. He, yeah, OK. You look at it and you should have scored the goals. But I think every footballer is going to go through that patch. And for him to be you know, eight or nine games down uh, from the start of the season, it's very early to judge this guy. You know, I've seen it before where it turns a corner and the guy just bangs him in for fun. Mm. so look out you know maybe an opportunity for for Popper to just stick and continue with what he's got or make the changes with with the likes of Joey Gibbs the young enthusiastic boy that's just champing at the bit to get on the football field yeah
2: I mean because sometimes it can just be that one key ingredient that Mm. you inject into a team and suddenly it's all transformed Mm. the season changes uh, and everybody clicks uh, but you just have to so
3: defensively fine midfield Aaron Moy fantastic footballer passing range amazing Mm. you know and um, I've had a little bit to do with this boy over the last couple of years, and I've seen him play plenty of football to know that he's a footballer, you know. And we look at him now; he's in in the Socceroos squad, which we'll get on to Not later yet. on. <laughs> oh, yes. um, but but he's he's yeah. the way of the future. He is a footballer that can pass with both feet. He's and got forward. the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, none of that crab stuff side to side. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's great. It's good to see, you know. But we need more of that, and Papa needs more of that from from people around him. You know, and the likes of uh, Bridgie up front and so forth. You know, I, I, I
4: just thought watching the game, there at times it just seems like Wellington, and, oh, sorry, Wellington Wanderers, were just pumping high balls into the mm. box. And I think when you play against mm. Wellington yeah. in that, those conditions, they'll win it nine times, ten course, times of out of ten. So I just at times, you look back to the goal. at, that Gibbs scored yeah. with that lovely one touch between Hersey, Ono, and inside, and the goal. And you think
3: that's the way to open up teams, yeah. rather than
4: just pump it home.
3: So we know they've got it. We know yeah. they've got it. They just so. need to consistently do it. And and sometimes you fall down to the level of the uh, the weather and the uh, and the surroundings. And you know what? I think they were culprits of that at the weekend. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, final game of the round was uh, Sydney SC versus Melbourne Hearts. Oh. Um, Sydney SC well there's two, there's two ways of looking at this that
2: was the loudest size in the world <laughs>
4: this is a you long you can look at it
1: minutes. you know this was Sydney SC stopping the rot and at least it was a step forward after four straight defeats or you can say that this is confirmation that they're the, probably the worst team in the competition on, certainly on form at the moment um, I mean at the end of the day this was what it was it was the two bottom teams yeah. scrapping it out you know and I, I just thought back sort of thirty six hours before to watching Melbourne victory pass and move on Friday night to then watch this game and you're just like you almost the feel is is this the same league mm. you know mm. is it the same standards you know because you, you could be forgivestan that you were watching a a first division game on Friday and a second division game on the on the sunday i 'll take that one step further. That their
4: W League team were outstanding on the Saturday. Saturday morning, forty degrees, four three, greatest game I've ever seen. Can they play up
1: for the men? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously uh, Del Piero uh, limped off, had a recurrence of his hamstring injury, which is going to keep him out this weekend. But we'll get onto that later. Um, well, as an ex Sydney FC player, what have you made of this season so far for them?
3: It's very unsettled, you know, to say the least. I think. Um, it starts. It starts at the top, and it just sort of it filters all the way through. It's. Um, it has been unsettling. Uh, you know, obviously with the Crookie situation. Um, now with Frank coming in, we know that Frank hasn't stamped any of his authority on it because uh, he obviously sat, sat back and let Bimby take the reins. Now, at the end of the day, Bimby's dealing with the cattle that he's got. You know, and and as was uh, Crookie, to be honest. But changes need to be made. Has he got the personnel to change it? Not quite sure. I think they're definitely going to have to look at um, if they're not going to change within, then they're going to have to look outside and and personally, um, looking at the fours and the against and, and so forth. I think they really need to sort of shore it up a little bit at the back um, to concede. You know, one, two, three, four goals in a game. You can't. You can't win games like that. You know, you really need to start at the back which they done at the weekend they changed the goalkeeper around look I like Ivan and 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 he's a, he's a fantastic keeper coming through but then you need something in front of him you know you need that solid bank of four at the back or whether you play three at the back I'm not quite sure what sort of system Frank's going to uh, turn to, but they really need to shore it up first and foremost, just to consolidate. I know they didn't get any goals scored against them at the weekend, but geez, Hart uh, had some chances.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, but but as a you know, as a defender, you, you've been shipping three goals a game on mm. average. Nearly. Yeah. You know they conceded what fourteen in the last three or four. Yeah. Um. You know, it, do you look at this and say, well, right, a clean sheet is something. It's something for us to build on to step forward. We haven't conceded goals. We haven't won the game, but. Now at least we've got a platform to go to Wellington and give it a go you know
3: that's the positives Andy to take out of it I'm that's trying, definitely, yeah I know man. I know and and, <laughs> and likewise because you know I'm a big fan of big clubs doing well and um, for, for Melbourne Heart to come up here that was almost like a win for them mm. albeit they should have probably walked away with the three points um, Sydney will look at that and Frank will look at that and say you know what lads last week we didn't lose. Um, let's take that forward—the memento of having the, the clean sheet—and I'm sure you'll find that he'll make some changes across the back there. Um, but like I said, depending on what the personnel is in depth, it may be very hard to do so.
1: Yeah, I mean, has he got the depth to make I say. I mean, no. You know, no. To, to be no. fair, you know, they were missing Bossart and Griffiths for for big parts of it. Mm. It has, you know, yeah, looked but... better since they've come back in Bossart, especially. Mm. Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, you know. It, In some ways, it was unfair and crooky that uh, the results came the way they did when he had so many injuries. But having said that, the other side to that is, one, he uh, didn't have the depth of squad, so he made mistakes with his recruitment uh, to cover those kind of injuries. Uh, And two, even, I'm still harking on about it, the poor training schedule that was in place. Now, I don't know if it was uh, Dr. Duncan's call to... Make it shorter training sessions so there were fewer injuries uh, to protect against future in, uh, further injuries, uh, or if it was just a, a call by a Crookie that this is the way he wants to proceed. But at the end of the day, they were playing like strangers. Uh, and I was speaking to somebody who's come in uh, in the wake of uh, Frank, and it was shocked by how disorganised the side was when he when they took over and how unfit they were too. Uh, and there was, you know. I was at the training with Frank on uh, Tuesday, and I got quite a, a telling picture of uh, Dr Duncan literally on the sidelines, out of no involvement in the training whatsoever, and literally just watching on as everybody else took charge. And I think you know that's it's uh, very much a reflection of the way that they're going. I saw him being completely ignored by the coaching staff, and I've never seen that before. He was so frozen out on Tuesday; it was almost embarrassing to see. Uh, people walking away from them. Uh, so I think you know Anthony Cree has come in he's a new uh, fitness conditioning coach They've, he's got a lot of work to do Sydney have got a lot of work to do Farina's admitted that they need a new defender and a new uh, uh, somebody in attack uh, they're going to be busy in January clearly I think they're going to have to at least create one space in the, the squad to accommodate both those acquisitions I don't know who they're going to get and where they're going to get them from all right. but well, Joe uh, Griffiths and uh, Jade North may be potentially in the frame, who knows
1: We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, about Frank Freena's appointment and some of the other uh, movement this week we saw uh, Gary Cole depart, we'll talk about that just after this break let's just uh, review the ladder uh, Mariners with that win over Adelaide Leapfrog them now to, uh, to top um, 20 points from Adelaide, 19 Melbourne victory, fast improving Melbourne victory now 16 points. Um, Sydney SC propping it up on 7. Melbourne Heart on 9. Brisbane and Western Sydney on 10. Perth Glory in 6th on 11. And West, uh, Wellington Phoenix on 12. And the Jets on 13. Alright, we'll be back after this break to talk uh, Socceroos, Kev. Yeah. Um, And some other A-League news and stuff that's been making headlines on our website, au.442.com.
0: This month's 442 gives you a rare insight into the mind of a football genius in our world-exclusive interview with Lionel Messi as he shares his goal-scoring secrets. We name the best goals ever scored by each Premier League and A-League team and pick our best Aussie goals in the EPL, relive some of the best last-ditch goals in football history, and there's even an interview with one of the most in-demand strikers, Radamel Falcao. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the App Store. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to business. BusinessSuccessRadio.com.au and click the listen live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider.
1: Hello, and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We are now going to turn Can we our talk our about attention. the Socceroos, yes, no. <laughs> we can, Kev. Overnight, the Socceroos drew 1 all um, with North Korea, uh, which has created. Uh, not insurmountable, but certainly a challenge to qualify now for the East Asian Cup, um, because with uh, North Korea having won very comfortably, they are opening two games. It may well come down to goal difference and see the soccerers is need to score something like ten goals in the next two At games. eleven, I think, um, already. Uh, that's unless, obviously, uh, much improving Hong Kong, according to Holger, might be able to get a result against North Korea, but we'll uh, we'll see on that one. Kev, you go. So literally, You've been literally
2: where do you start with this? You know, I was trying to put stuff together on Twitter and it was too long. I tried making notes on my phone and it's gone to screen upon screen upon screen. <sighs> to start with, <laughs> uh, Hong Kong, 132nd in the world, uh, 132nd, 132 places below us rather. Uh, and last coach by Ernie Merrick You can guarantee one of two things They will put a defensive line-up out And they will counter, try to counter-attack What do we do? We field two defensive midfielders Who are converted centre-backs We are never going to be attacking We had a huge big gap
1: We... won though? Yeah well, I'm, just, but, I'm just playing devil's advocate No, here. But
2: that is actually the most important thing the results are completely irrelevant. This was a comp- these are a series of competitive friendlies. Basically, it's a tr- it should be a developmental opp- op- opportunity for the Socceroos to bring in new blood and th- a blood them. We have got the second oldest possible lineup in that team uh, against Hong Kong. All that was missing was Dino Djulbic. The average age was 29. I mean that's just ridiculous.
1: Kev is actually reading his notes off his phone. <laughs> he has got reams of notes. He's, he's gotta share them with someone it. today yeah. after we, last night.
2: If we can't be aggressive against Hong Kong, even with a second string side, who can we be aggressive with? We didn't need two defensive midfielders. We needed one and a holding midfielder at best. Somebody like Mu Moy. Yeah. Can we go can we get can the, the, the defilement? Moy. Moy. Yeah. It's Moy. Uh, it's Why does it say Mooy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we we should have had Moy in there alongside Milligan. Uh Holger needs to make a decision. You know, he can't just have four defenders on the field. He makes, needs to decide who he actually wants to play. He can't just play them all. Uh, for defensive sake. We needed to have Moy on there alongside either Milligan or Thwaite, and then we would have at least had that centre circle in in our control. we surrendered uh, control of the the centre circle. Thwaite and Milligan were sitting right on top of the defence. When you're a converted defender, your mindset, I'm pretty sure, Mm. is you're going to revert back to the edge of the penalty box instead of pushing forward. And it's nothing against these players. They're great players, and I, I like them playing. Yeah. But we can't field them all at the same time. Um, Rotation. We got to an hour mark and we still hadn't made a single substitution. We had our oldest players on the field against Hong Kong. We're playing another game in two days' time and we don't rotate. We keep to the same script. How bereft of ideas must you be if you can't come up with something new against Hong Kong? When we're struggling, we're making no penetration at all. Um, that is just all just right.
1: Let's do it. All <laughs> right, let, let's talk about. I mean, what, what's going? on so I've got the actual sort of match centre here from the uh, FFA site, and it lists sort of D for defender, M for midfielder, and F for forward. And um, is there any F striker? <laughs> S for striker. And there's one S. There are one, two, three, four, five, six Ds and a goalkeeper, so that's six defenders and a keeper in terms of their squad sort of position. And
2: if you could also include Matt McKay, who is deemed to be the best left back in Australia according to Holger, normally
1: he's down as an M.
2: He's done we'll as an M, it, but, you know.
1: Mark. I mean, what? Yeah, okay. Let, let's look at Holger's sort of counter to this. He was, you know, he this by saying that. You know, he didn't want to play all the young kids in the second game because this is obviously the toughest game and you know, he pretty much said he didn't think they could win the game with those young kids and it wouldn't be a positive experience for him um, so in terms of that development he's made that decision that this wouldn't be a development opportunity in fact it could be a negative development opportunity for him um, where do you sit on that?
3: He's obviously got a brand of football that he likes to play, you know, and, you know, we're talking about this. That's okay with the defensive midfielders if the rest of them know the system, if the two, the full-backs, the right-back and the left-back. I'd like to know whether they were told to get released and get up top, you know, and obviously start pressing high. Was one of the midfielders allowed to go while the other one stays? You know, rule of thumb is that one of you stay, one of you go. Um, but to have two of them sitting and holding um, is a little bit sort of disturbing to know that, um, you know, fit boys. Do we really need two screeners on a back four? They're identical. identical. You know, yeah. there's no variety between the two of them whatsoever. Let, what I mean,
1: let's, let's talk about the rotation as well because, you know, it, it's, it's steamy, it's hot, conditions are tough, pitches aren't great. Um, you know, much was made of you know four games within eight days, a game every other day, you know every two days. It doesn't make one starting line change to the starting lineup apart from Matt Ryan in for uh, in for Gulekovic. I
4: mean, look I, all. I, I, he talks about this positive thing, this line about uh, it wouldn't have been a positive. I think we could have beaten North Korea or DPR Korea with players like Rogic starting, with players like Bahic starting who play forward with frownage I think we were good enough to win that game with some of the younger players
2: I don't actually have so much of an issue with the North Korean game because they were obviously the strongest opposition and we needed to be a bit tighter against them but against Hong Kong that Mm. was just ridiculous to field that opposition and stick with it for so long when you know you've got a game in two days time and he obviously knew that he was going to be fielding an identical team at that stage um, I still would have liked to have seen a slight change in the defensive midfield for uh, the, the North Korean match as well as the Hong Kong. But I just—it's the substitutions, leaving them so late and so insignificant. We only made two substitutions in the North Korea game.
3: It doesn't matter I, what level of you're playing uh, of football, irrespective. We're talking about international now to be able to back up in 48 hours and play another game of football is a tough ask, mm. you know. Mm. I know the young, and on fit that pitch boys. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know the young, fit boys. But or old, fit boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's very, very difficult. Mm. You know, you're talking about now, um, are you going to hold your hand up and, and tell the manager that you, you're feeling tired? Definitely not. Not to not on an international level. If you're playing at club level, you might just go, hey, uh, coach, you know, I feel a bit, legs are a bit weary today. But they wouldn't say that, these boys. They're honest. Well, They're well Holger actually
1: up. said in his post post yeah. gone said that, some of the boys were carrying the first game in their legs, and you know, for most of the first half. So and not
2: to make him? any changes—that's the um, thing.
1: You know, Sweet was dying on his feet
2: uh, most of the second half. Uh, and fair play to him—you know, he'd run around. That's why. But well, they're busy. But, uh, Hong Kong—they exactly.
3: might not be technically or fantastic footballs, but they're busy. Yeah. yeah. You're still chasing your runners. You're yeah. still. And they were—they were
4: pumped up with these alleged comments about yeah. you know showing disrespect, which I'm not sure were true.
1: And well, Swate so and
2: Milligan both carrying bookings as well. Swate's you know, dying on his feet. They've both got bookings. For God's sake, change one of them.
1: But also, Mark, if, if we're looking at this, you know, and does anyone really care if we win this or if we qualify for this? Not really. It's not the be all and end all. The World Cup is, you know, yeah. the Asian Cup is. What are we going to learn about the guys that he's taken, Rogic, Moy, Antonis, Babald, from playing against Guam? And tries to, is he going to learn? Is he? Is is if Tom Rogic scores a hat trick against Guam, is that going to make him? Does Holger learn anything new about him that he hasn't learned about him? And is that going to make him more likely to play in a World Cup qualifier? Definitely not. You know
3: what is he what is he's he going to look at by
1: playing him against the best team.
3: Yeah, and what he's going to look at, and uh, and I can tell you right now, is that the manager will be looking at. Uh, their reaction to knowing they're in the starting lineup. They look at their preparation. They look at their pre-match uh, nerves. You know, whether these guys, when they slip on that green and gold, do they actually uh, step back a gear, or do they lift a gear? You know, there's two different types of players. There's those that are laid back, and there's those that are highly strung. Now, I'd like to see that when they do get the chance. I mean, Moy's played it at a younger age group, but. You know, like a Rogic and those sort of guys when they get that strip on what does it mean to them so if we can have them doing that you know against Guam fantastic but I'm with you I'd like to see them up against a Hong Kong. and it's not, it's not like it's
1: Brazil. No. no. We, we've set up for these two games yeah. as if we were playing Brazil and Holland. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not. That, it's
3: exactly. When you're playing against tougher opponents, fantastic. Yeah, but know, why yeah. not go out and just set your stall out nice and high, press from the top, and, and really just cause absolute havoc against Hong but Kong. Then, you know, Rogic, Babau's, they've played against... South Korea yeah.
1: Both th- came on and were positive. And, yeah. you know, Both and times, Rogic, came forward.
2: on, tra- the game changed immediately. There was an energy and an excitement up front that there hadn't been before. Uh, there were creating opportunities. There was key passes coming in, key shots on goal. Uh, you know, in the second half of uh, the oh. Korean game, we needed a win. We must get that win to have any significant chance of qualifying from this. Why we didn't bring on Moy and Babalj Instead, we bring on Adam Taggart, who's struggling to get a game for the Jets. Uh, he...
3: There's only two things you can do. In that situation, you either change your system or your personnel. Now, I'm with you, possibly could have, uh, or definitely could have changed the personnel. Um, but in terms of the system and so forth, when you are in that situation, you do need the result. You, you've got to change. Something has to give. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so blindingly obvious as well uh, I just don't understand where the Taggart love comes from, he's a good player, I really have a lot of respect for him, he's going to be a great player one day, but at the moment he's struggling to get a game for the Jets uh,
4: new
1: so hashtag there, Taggart love
2: why, why suddenly throw him in, uh, at yeah. international level You know, alright, yeah, big, bigger signs.
1: picture before we move on Um yeah, you know, we've got crucial World Cup qualifying games coming up next year we're back in the driving seat where we're in control of qualification, they should qualify you know, we had this discussion about him in the, okay, once he qualified for the World Cup, is he the right man to take take the Australian squad to the finals, is qualifying and what's needed at the finals tournament, two completely different things, and if that's the case do we think that Australia should potentially look at, do they change the coaching between qualification and the World Cup
2: I don't think I, I don't think that's necessarily a good idea but I think we need a coach that can take us all the way through and we need to restructure the way the coaches are recompensed recompense I think that's the the main issue there is obviously such a big bonus for qualifying for the world cup that that becomes the main focus we need to balance that pay structure in some way that uh developing has to have some clause within their, uh, their contract uh, Where they need to bring new players through Where they need to have a significantly different uh, socceru first to live in by the time they get to the World Cup Than they did when they took over Something, I don't know how to structure it But there needs to be something Simply giving you a bonus for qualifying for the World Cup Is going to lead us back to this situation Time and time again where we just fall back. And, you know, we're learning nothing new from this competition. This is what annoys me, you know. We're learning nothing new. Garcia is a solid A-League player, but he's not international quality. We know that already. All these. There's too much to go but into.
1: What, what's your view? I mean, you know, it's a big break. You know, this is coming a big break between, you know, the first half and second half of World Cup qualifying. Um, where are you on Team Holger versus. Team someone else, you know. Are you like right? Holger gets it, no matter what. He's going to coach Australia through to the World Cup finals, or do you think there should be a, you know, a, a rigorous sort of review at the end of the qualifying period to say, have we seen enough?
3: Good managers will take you all the way. You know, I'm I'm with I'm with Kev here. If um, if he's able to qualify, he's able to compete in in the World Cup. Definitely, um, no two ways about it. If you were to try and split that. And make some changes uh, beforehand, then there's going to be a lot of unease. You know, we're talking now about a new manager coming in, putting into place new systems. But it's a year. Yeah, like yeah. I understand.
1: Just... They'll, you know,
3: a year in football qualify, goes quite quickly because qualify in yeah, June, mm. and
1: it's a year until the World Cup starts.
3: Thinking about how many games you can play within that year, you're limited because you now have players that play all around the world. Now, if you're going to tell me that within that year you can play you know, 25, 30 games, different story because then you can stamp your authority. But if you're only getting the boys together for certain periods of time, then it's going to make it difficult for a new manager. Every single player that comes into a squad of Australia now, you know the system that, 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 uh, that Olga wants. And if you don't know it, then you don't deserve to be there.
1: OK, but let, let's compare that right with, with the most successful Socceroos coach at World Cup Gus hitting, didn't have a set system mm. didn't have that long to work with the players put a completely different system mm. out against Croatia than he did against Brazil yeah. and I believe it showed the capacity of Australian players we're, to be flexible yeah, we're almost talking flexible. about a
3: genius now aren't we because he is up there Yeah, Gus is up there yeah, we're, we're with the, the world's best you know, for him but to do that you know, there's,
1: a, there's only 32 coaches go to every mm, World Cup every yeah. four years what mm. I'm saying is there's a hell of a lot of very good world-class coaches that won't be going to the World mm. Cup in 2014 with their current squad that might be available.
3: Can we afford them? Is that no. another thing? Oh. Can we
1: afford not to? Yeah. Right? Yeah. This yeah. thing, getting out of the group and not getting out of the group, mm. is huge.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I mean the things that, Gus did, he just he backed himself and he backed his players. I mean it it was, genius in hindsight. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily a huge. Leap of genius to actually sit down and say, Right, well, what can we do? Well, Harry, cool, he's only got an hour in him. Do we put him on for the first hour uh, and then, you know, we could be stranded at the end of the game? Or do we put somebody else on for the first half hour and then bring Harry on?
3: That, it, yeah, I think
2: that's thinking outside the box. Yeah. In the Japan game, which I still think is the most crucial moment in uh, probably
1: the soccer's history,
2: all, what he did was balls to the wall genius
1: of throwing. It five men up front. I mean, yeah, you know, do do we imagine? You know, Andy, Andy ended up he with the same players on the wrong. pitch at the end against Croatia when when we got the equaliser that needed. You know, do we see Hull with someone that will end up with five attacking players on the pitch? That's, that's no. the that's the I think the yeah, difference, exactly,
3: yeah. and the difference between the, these two managers that we're talking about is that 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 Gus would make a system around the players he had. And and, and as you said, he'd look at his first 11 players and then think to himself, right, we can put him into this situation. Where possibly, at this stage, Olga's looking at a system first before personnel. Now, if that's him with the two screening midfielders and he's going to stick by that, that's what he's going to do.
2: I think also, you know, Goose was in the position where he... He just backed himself. You know, he really just didn't care what people thought. Uh, and if he went down a blaze of glory, he went down in a blaze of glory at least. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't going to die, you know, wondering. And you cannot for one second tell me that Goose would have carried on the way we have done in these last two matches and not tried everything possible to
3: win. And to a lesser extent, I, I feel Olga's probably doing the same as he's thinking, I believe in this, I believe what I'm playing and. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that disagree with it, but he wouldn't put that out there if he didn't agree with it. There, there's something in that coach's mind to say, I must play with these boys. Whether it's to try and bleed the new uh, p- people coming through to a system, then that's maybe what he's doing as opposed but, to... You, you but got, he's
1: got players on the bench, younger players mm, on the bench, that can, can play in that system, yeah. in the role. So if he's going, this is my system, yeah. he's got players that are playing that role in that system, exactly, week in, week yeah. out, and he's choosing not to play them mm. to play converted defenders ahead of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he I can he's say. got such past history for uh, shoehorning players into positions where they don't normally play. You know, playing Thwait at left back a couple of g- a few games ago, playing Thwait as a defensive midfielder, great player. You know, versatile. But we've got better players for yeah. those specific mm. positions. We should be using them. And he just carries on with this mindset. He's got his system. He won't adapt to it. And it's not doing Australia a great deal of good at the moment.
4: All I'll say on this is three years ago, I, I, I said, I think it might have been on a podcast, that I think Pim was the right man to get us through Asia. I think he was great through Asia, and I never thought he would be too good at the World Cup. He just wasn't that kind of coach, and that was proved right. And I think this is going to be proving a very similar scenario. But Exactly, this is
1: my point. Do we learn from that? Yeah, or do we that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a similar... Itself, really?
4: uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't I think, think, well, I think honestly, we're looking at, at qualifying, and I think we're looking at another very disappointing group stage exit under this coach.
2: Goose was going Certainly. to get paid for whatever he did. For whatever happened, he was still going to get paid, so he yeah. didn't care in
4: terms of his bonuses
2: or whatever. Uh, Holger isn't looking at the long-term big picture. He's looking to how do we get to the qualifying, and that's it. That's that's where it begins and ends. Uh, and that's where I think we're going wrong. We're just not getting a big picture. Holger talked about big picture when he first got hired, and then it just got, went one forgotten about, and he's actually now said, you know, I'm not here to develop. Well, yeah, he was actually, and he said he was.
1: Yeah, that was part of the recruitment, wasn't it? Yep. That was at the time. That was how. That was his ability very, to get involved very at all clear. levels of the game, and his coach education, and his role with FIFA. I mean, that that's a nice little segue on. I mean, Hamburger has been reappointed until July 2014. Talking about big picture and player development, um, he's going to spend eight months a year in Australia and four four months a year back in Holland with his family. Um, Mark, you're now involved in. With your Mr. Soccer venture, um, with your coaching and player development, I mean, talk us through that. How did you make that move? Um, how have you found that to not playing? Have you have you got have you got used to that yet? <laughs>
3: it, it was hard for me to fill a void of playing because you know, as as Aiden has known me long enough, very passionate about football and, and in particular, yeah. playing the game. You know, and and actually rolling up your sleeves, getting out, getting sweat and blood and, and all that sort of stuff. That's that's what I used to love doing. Now, to try and channel that into a, a four-year-old child is difficult, <laughs> especially the sweat and blood. But uh, nothing changes inside your head. You have the football element within you. It's installed in you. How do you now get that across uh, to a young kid, whether he be four years old, whether he be 16-year-old, uh, whatever he may be? So. Transition was difficult, I must be honest with you, but it made it a little bit easier for me that I've got a younger son myself uh, who loves football. He he, he eats and lives and and breathes football. So for me, it was a little bit easier because I was in the backyard with him. So by watching his progression as a a young footballer at the age of five, uh, watching his expression and watching his happiness, I then took that and I used that, um, I guess, in a, a mental sort of strength way to say that... If I can make him happy in the backyard, why can't I make these other kids happy? And you know what? It just it grew strength to strength. We um, personally started this whole thing out on my own, and then started to call upon friends and family. My father Alex, who was a former soccerer and professional, um, you know, told him to quit his job and, and come with me. So he's gone from you know a suit and a tie and a and a big belly to he's he's lost a bit of weight now because he's got his shorts and his football boots on. and He's coaching kids. <laughs> Um, but they're the sort of people that I've got surrounding me, um, as well as Lucas Neal now, who's been a long-term friend of mine and, and knew the passion that I, I had for football, but unfortunately retired at the age of 30, which, you know, considerably young, probably just a, a year older than some of the Socceroos <laughs> last <laughs> night. Uh, probably some of them would have been older than me as well yep. and would have loved to have strapped the boots on. But, you know, um, for what we bring to these young kids, whether at school holiday camps, whether at just a fun, based related um, school activity, that's what we do. Yeah,
1: and you've been running some roadshows for Volkswagen around the Junior Masters as well? Yeah,
3: yeah interesting times. You know, yeah. I, All I'd done there was just put my spin on uh, an already existing tournament. How can we make this tournament better? Now, as far as I'm concerned, we're always forever asking and asking in this country for, for parents to fork out for their child to play football. Now there's a, a major company on board that's willing to do it all for free, I'm all over that. Fantastic. So your child can come and play in this tournament. It's not going to cost a dime, uh, you know, and you've got the chance of now going on and playing in a, an international tournament abroad. So it's obviously uh, something that, that we never had as children. So as soon as I got offered the, the opportunity to try and make it better, um, I put two and two together of the Soccer Academy uh, with Volkswagen and decided to travel the country and put on satellite tournaments and you know, give wild card entries into next year's major tournament, which will most likely be in Sydney or Melbourne, and from there, the, the winner of the Australian tournament will go on and represent Australia um, in Brazil in 2014.
1: Nice. I'm coaching the under-12s team myself next year. We're brave, man, yeah. brave man,
3: brave <laughs> man. We're entering, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. we followed uh, ECU, Jundalup, and then yeah. we went to Poland and... uh and, uh, and did very well. I think they got to the yeah, semi They won some games. I think that. Yeah. Um, Look, uh, it's
3: all about grassroots football, and and you know you have to be a club side to get in. You you can't be one of these football New South Wales setups where, and you can't be an academy and so forth. So it is about you know the Maroubra Uniteds or the Pagewood FCs and those sort of teams that it really means a lot to them. Um, but to get to to Poland last year, it was a bit of a shock for those. Those Aussies. You had teams like Hertha Berlin and, mm. and stuff in there. Now they certainly ain't grassroots, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it difficult, doesn't yeah. it? You know they were walloping people five nil and, and and sort of things. But yeah. and I
4: think the coach said in Four Four Two magazine that how how they couldn't
3: believe how professional some of these other yeah.
4: teams were at that age. Yeah,
3: yeah. And look, at that age in Europe, you're already groomed to be a first grade footballer. Now if you play for ECU Juntilup, are you getting groomed at the age of twelve to play for Perth Glory? The answer is probably not. You, you've been asked to, or you want to come and play a game of community football. You've rocked up to ECU up at the age of six. You're now in the under-12s and you're doing your best. And the coach is doing his best. He may be a volunteer dad. I'm not quite sure uh, how it works mm. over there. But that's the way it works in Australia because we're so sport-orientated. But are we grooming these children to be future footballers at the age of 12 people are starting to try and do it now, but we've never had that in the past, ever. Yeah.
1: well said. Okay. Um, all right, that's it for part three. Uh, we went on a fair bit about the Socceroos, not surprisingly. Part two. We're just at part two. Part two. We're just at part, part two. two. Just at it, part two. My, my, I just, I just made part it three. feel like... All right, we'll be back after the break to uh, preview uh, round 10 of the A-League. That kicks off to... Uh, Tomorrow night at Highmaster so joins us after the break.
0: At the Sydney Radio School, we can teach you the skills you need for a career in the media. But you're in Sydney, I hear you say. Well, the Sydney Radio School is now everywhere because you can study with us online. Whether you are in Australia or anywhere in the world, you can start working towards a career in the media. And you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. For more info, visit sydneyradioschool.com.au or find us on Facebook. Psst. Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car, or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion, and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio, your business your radio back to 442 Insider
1: hello welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 podcast let's turn our attention away from the Socceroos sorry Kev back to A-League round 10 kicks off that's what um, you
2: think I will bring it back shut up. Up. I'll find a way
1: Adelaide uh, host Melbourne victory um, obviously Adelaide uh, beaten at the Mariners last weekend victory Along with the Mariners, the form side in the A-League, four wins and a draw from the last five games. Um, Vinicic, you'd say, is crucial to, to Adelaide for this?
2: Yeah, he seems to be. I mean, uh, the, the entire team is pivoting around him. Geronimo uh, has apparently been uh, dropped uh, for this match, which, again, surprises me, because Mina is just a lawn to himself with these squad selections. But it's working for him for the main part. Uh, I think he's really going to have his work cut out here. Uh, and you've got to look at what Ange is doing with victory giving youngsters like Rojas and Naboo the head not just bring them on for the last 10 minutes of a game like certain Socceroos coaches are doing with his youngsters uh, he's giving them you know, decent game time and they're responding well as a result uh, that's what we want to see and Ange just keeps on staking his claim for the Socceroos coach sooner than...
4: That's two soccerers' references it. in an A-League.
2: <laughs>
1: but always, but yeah, I agree with you on the last point. Always a tasty game, this Adelaide-Melbourne. One of the big rivalries in the A-League over the years. Um, Melbourne have all, you know, traditionally had a had a good time of it down in Adelaide. Um, had the wood on Adelaide for so long, although Adelaide bucked that trend recently. But still, at high marsh. Melbourne love going and playing down there. I mean, as a player, do you just, do you get that? Do you get like... Psychologically, right. yeah. you like know, we always do well here.
3: Yeah, yeah. We always look,
1: play well when we go there, and, it, and then you yeah. go in with
3: that momentum. It doesn't matter what competition you play, in, you're always going to have that. You know, you're always going to know, and people will always cast the stats up. If it's not the coaching staff, it's certainly uh, people in and around you. It might be a family member, it might be a fan. You know, you could be a shopping centre, and someone says something to you. Remember the last game against them, and you know, there's always a little bit of ammunition, and there's always some fuel to be added there, but. I know this one here will be fiery, I think um, looking at where they 're both sitting on the table, looking at the coaches at the helm, looking at the personnel there it's certainly going to be a quick, fast game of football now hopefully um, hopefully there's a bit of zip on the on the field up there. I know in Adelaide you usually tend to get that um, i'm a big fan of that, and i I think the way it 's going to work there is you know the better footballers like the Hitches, and And those sort of guys, they'll get some room and they'll get a chance to really create opportunities for for the boys up front. But it could be a a tough game for the defenders because the attacking power in both of these, um, as you you said before um, about about the young fella, Rojas, the pace is unbelievable. I've seen him, he burnt one of the defenders the other day and I've not seen that for a good few years where the guy actually looked like he was treading water, you know, and he was just, he was flying past him. And me as a coach... Give him the ball and let him run at him. You know, and you always say that to your players in the first five minutes. Give him the ball and see what he's made of. See what that defender's made of. So first couple of minutes don't be surprised if that Reyes gets the ball and, and just has a good run at that defender. And he's the sort of player you could swing him on the other side and have a run at him as well. Well,
1: they've been doing that a lot, haven't <laughs> yeah. no Victory? Yeah. They've been swapping in. Well, it's, it, it, traditionally, it's been Archie it Thompson well. on one side, yeah. Royce on the other, and yeah. then they'll swap for 10 yeah. minutes and yeah. keeps the defenders. I'm a big fan of that. Even. Big fan mm. of
3: that. And yeah. uh, But if you're getting the joy yeah. against one fullback, leave him against that fullback, mm. you know. But if it starts to dry up, switch it around uh, the personnel on either flanks. But I think Melbourne Victory have got a lot in the locker going there. But. Cozzy's very thick-skinned, he's not going to make it easy for them, you know one way or another, he's going to look to try and get that result, and, and as you said before Kev, uh, for, for whatever he's doing there, um, some people may not agree with it, but the results are on the board, and he's he's up there, he's flying, and he's nice and calm on the bench most of the time um, <laughs> but I've seen him with steam coming out of his ears, he's coached me before Muskie and, and Cozzy now yeah. both
1: on the bench their uh, their relationships yeah, yeah. move to another level.
3: I love that, that's we don't get to see that often enough in Australia but when we do I think um, past players and, and present you know people within football and fans we love a bit of a bit of banter and I think it's great for the game.
1: And so, I do every week you uh, you predict that one game's going <laughs> to end in a melee with a couple of red cards. I don't think you predicted it being Brisbane versus No, uh, I didn't. No, no, that was the, the, the Wellington Windy yeah, Wellington. Which game. one's it going to be this week? Is is this is this going to boil over?
4: I'm not sure but I think this is a, a good contrast in styles Melbourne Victory in Adelaide very different types of teams Flora is returning to the club that uh, yeah uh, well, he, you he'll know, that's... get a bit of
1: a taste reception there he's, Look, he I mean... said he's expecting it he's ready for it
4: yeah, look, I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's a player manager in the room. He'll know when deals go through. There's always a little bit of subterfuge in terms of why he left and why he didn't get signed by clubs in here and there. And look, I think the club, the fans were very disappointed that the club didn't do enough to, to entice him back to Adelaide. But yeah, I think um, the, I I think think that the was fans it
2: initially and now it has actually turned a lot towards being against Flores for uh, for leaving them and not coming back to them. Uh, Either way, it's going to create a nice little subtext to for the game. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a very, very entertaining game. I
4: time. think early on there will be a, a harsh challenge on Flores and a little bit of handbags, yeah, as you say, but, and then the yeah. game will play on. And I think, I think, Victory are in such good form right now that I think they will win this one. Okay, uh, on the spot prediction. Yeah, 2-1 to victory. Two one victory, Mark.
3: I'm gonna stick with Cosy on this one. I think um I think he'll do something in this game um with his coaching structure to to really get one over on victory. Um I can see Vic, I can see Adelaide getting up here um if not by one, by two goals.
1: Oh, that's a brave man. Big man. And what odds that would be paying yeah. Adelaide by two. Ado. So uh, yeah, I think I think victory by two one. Okay. Yeah. On the tip victory as well. Um, I think Roy has to. Although score. I don't take any notes, me because I'm currently bottom of the four four two. Twitter <laughs> By tipping
2: quite comments. some margin. Yeah, only
1: because I forgot <laughs> to put my tips in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then I, there were two weeks where I did put my tips <laughs> in, and I still got
3: more.
4: I just think Victory are getting better and better each week. They are, Yeah. They are. Um, and I, still, I don't think we've seen the best of Victory yet. So I mean, when Archie comes back, it'll be even better. We, Archie we, Milligan. We're talking about it br- just
2: briefly there, but I really, Postecoglou is so stating his case for soccer as coach. Not this year, probably, but two years' time.
1: That's a third reference to the rules Moving on. <laughs> Melbourne Heart, entertain Perth Gloria, Amy Park. Uh, Melbourne Heart's up and down season has continued. Last five games, drawn two, lost two, one one. Uh, Perth, as we said, having a little bit of a, a wobble in form at the moment. Um, Melbourne Heart's still missing the boys away on uh, on international duty. Moroni, Bayic, Garcia, uh, DeGanzic out with a long-term injury. Um, he play, we saw him play, John Aloisi play, three of the young kids. Don't draw the comparison, Kev. <laughs> uh, Garuccio Walker and, and Mitch Encilla and against Sydney. Ado, do you see him um, continuing minutes this week? Well, I think he has to. I, I, just on Garuccio, I just hope he's okay after that horror
4: tackle was a last shocking week. That, wasn't that you was that If that's that. not a red card, then I'm um, Shirley Temple, frankly. You know, that was just that was just disgraceful. Uh, I don't know how he got away with not even a yellow card, but onto the game. Yeah, I don't isn't think
1: that something they could have looked at in yeah, retrospect because, because the referee even missed the it and they, yeah. Didn't, yeah. they didn't even pick it up on that? No. Did you see that, Mark? Did you see the challenge?
3: I, I did see it. I, I can only hope uh, he didn't mean to do it. And, look, I, I know for as, a, as apologetic as he was, I've seen some innocuous yeah. uh, tackles being made in the past. And personally, I'd like to think he didn't make it on purpose if he did make it on purpose that is almost really that's a, that's a tibia fibula breaker yeah, and that's yeah, put you out a, for a long time, a long time. It's really it's just so personally I'd like to think as a former footballer you can't mean to do that to someone surely yeah. it was, don't get me wrong horrible tackle mm-hmm. and, and it does put John and Foxy in that sort of situation yeah. now where they're seven or eight down because yeah, of yeah. injuries and yeah. because of the international duties so they're, they're the task has been made even harder.
1: Maybe Fox should just play. I mean, he's always ready. He's always, <laughs> he's always got his strip
3: on. I don't think you're allowed to play with the hat on, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, prediction time. Ado, oh, God, this is a tough like, one, this. Uh, I just assume Perth, Perth are going to finally get back on the
4: winner's list, so you think that they would possibly upturn, upturn format? Look, I think Perth might just get this 1-1-0. One, one, Any
1: word on Liam Miller's... Injury in the world? It,
4: it
3: no, I've not heard anything.
2: That if he is, I'm going to go for a 2
3: Yeah, well, i got to stick with my mates. I've got to stick with uh, Jono and Foxy on this one. To be honest, looking at Perth and, and for Miller to have pulled out in the warm-up in such a big game um, against a Melbourne victory tells me that there was something seriously wrong. He's a tough boy. He's a fit boy and he's a tough boy. And I'd have him in my team line-up every day of the week. Um, for him to pull out, there's something wrong there, and I really don't think he'll get back for this week, um, which would be a blessing to the, the Hart boys down there. But I'd love to see these guys get the three points uh, in Melbourne Heart.
1: Yeah, OK. Even I'm though it's the old club glory. that I'm going yeah, against. Yeah, that's right. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be 1-0, 2-1 to glory. Um, all right, F3 derby. I know. is this going to be the game with a melee, some red cards, and <laughs> it kicking off?
4: I think it has to be. This has to be the melee match of the round. Um,
1: it's the derby. Um, well, Job Wheelhouse and Tiago are both out, which reduces the melee it does ret- potential the by melee around potential.
4: 20%. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but uh, we've Zakovich still got Zakovic. <laughs> I mean, Zakovic, I hope. Because, I mean, uh, Robbie, you know, Ruben, from your days, I think it's sitting, yeah. um, you know, he's a far, fiery character, and it'll, there'll be a few tasty tackles early on. Um, but definitely for me the Mariners and Victor are the best two teams in the league by far
1: I think um, so you'd have to say Mariners are a favourite to win this one well, this, uh, this F3 Derby contest is perfectly poised each team's won nine times and there's been nine draws so mm-hmm.
2: that, that that's match stats that's a match
4: fact.
1: So, <laughs> that's it's Cherry Ryan as well for a Heskey goal. You actually research. For few research. <laughs> so this is the one that's going to tip the balance <laughs> either way. Uh, Mariners, form guy, 1-4, drawn one in the last five games. Jets, lost three, drawn one, won one.
3: So form would say Mariners, but home advantage of the Jets. Oh, it has to be Mariners as, as favourites. I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy win, but... Um, knowing what um, Gary and the guys at, at Newcastle are capable of, um, and as you mentioned, Zaki, you know he's going to be fired up for it, a, as all of them are. And you know what, when you've got a, a player of the, let's let's be honest, he, he's been classed throughout his years in, in ML Heskey. He's got his lovers, he's got his haters. Um, but at the end of the day, if he's playing up front, there's always a chance. You know he'll sniff something out in, in that box, and hopefully it's his football, and he'll <laughs> put it in the back of the net because that's the kind of player he is.
1: I mean, it's a bit of um, bit of man management from Arnie last week. Would you say with Fansfy, Um not putting him back in? Yeah, because that was, that was he, he was livid. He was livid with how he got sent off against Victory, as And was with Flores mm-hmm. because he said he's he, he got sent off for for a ridiculous for for getting a stupid yellow card. Yeah, it's
3: weak, isn't it? You yeah. know, so is that yeah. a good piece of man management, Mark? From well, Arnie? definitely, yeah. um, definitely, And yeah, because. What happens there is if Arnie puts that boy back in the f- in the frame or in the starting eleven, the rest of the players they sense that and they think, well, you know what, if he's getting sent off for something as stupid as what it was, and well, he'll probably hold his hand up and say the exact same thing, sorry boys, I let you down. To put him straight back into the starting lineup um, it would have been, you know, a bit. Critical uh, towards towards the other players, so mm. I think he's done very well there. Yeah. And it may have it may have backfired if the young boy coming in didn't do so mm. well, but he has done well. Stick by him, you yeah, know. And I like I like that. I thought yeah, yeah. that was a smart piece of management. Man. But also, you know, the yeah. other
2: side of the coin, Stransfield's yeah. not a spring chicken. Yeah. So you know, in that, cup, in a that weather, a couple of no, no, weeks yeah, off will also, extend no, his season. Like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the yeah.
1: best player last year. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think you would have looked at it gone 5.30 kick off. Mm. 35 degrees. Yeah. Might not be as a... But I can use this to prove a point. Exactly. But Arnie,
3: Arnie's a smart man. He'll yeah. have pulled him aside, got him in a headlock and said, Hey pal, listen <laughs> here, this is what's gonna happen. A headlock. You know, yeah. That's <laughs> it. I'm just gonna tell you as it is now. Yeah. I'm gonna play the young fella. You know, you know maybe last week wasn't the, the best of games and, and you know the, the mistakes that you've made. But you know what, there's bigger there's bigger plans for him to get yeah. back into the squad and take what, them
1: through. Well I put an arm around him and said, Look, mate, I'm not gonna play yeah. a few young was in, but this is a good one to yeah, miss. Exactly. Five Trust me. You know what, he'll be saying thanks for that, honey. Cheers, mate. (laughs) All right. Um, Phoenix, Sydney. Sydney SC make their second trip over the Tasman. Not the place you want to go when you're desperate for a win. Um, Their form is lost four, drawn one in the last five. Um, The omens are not great. They've played one game without Alessandro Del Piero this season and got tonked at the Mariners 7-2. Phoenix have uh, lost lost two, won two, drawn one last five games Mark this you know this is uh, the game now at the end of Frank Farina's first week in charge so we, we might start to see some change in formation style system um, but obviously Del Piero is a big loss for him
3: big loss to any team across the world isn't he you know um, for what that guy's tried to do and for what he's tried to bring to that team um, is nothing short of phenomenal because he is the age he is. That's understandable. But the guy goes looking for the ball, and for me to see him closing down a right back and a left back at pace was very, very surprising. I was expecting him to stand in the middle with a cigar in his in his mouth, saying, "Give me the ball and I'll put it in the back of the net." His work rate's been great. You know, I'm, albeit he's not as quick as what he used to be. They're going to struggle. They're going to struggle at uh, Wellington, but i tell you one thing, Frank will have not pumped up. Knowing Frank as well as I do, there will not be one football player on that field for Sydney FC that day that's wearing that shirt that ain't pumped up to play because that's your opportunity. First impression. You know, Can you do well for the manager? Do you want to stay in the team next week? And you'll let them know that.
1: Well, there's also, I mean, is it 14 players coming off contract?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players playing for their livelihood. Opportunity to, know. to complete. Uh, wipe the slate and start again but having said that you know, Farina's not convinced as far as I can gather that he's going to be there next exactly. year mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be tricky for whoever does come in because the, the window is going to open in
3: January for if, he gets the results, he, yeah, if he gets the results he's staying you is know? he going
2: to be signing the new players we, they don't have a football director anymore so who is going to be looking at the, the 14 players coming off contract, who's going to be saying stay or go um, who's going to be looking for the new talent Who's going to be in charge next season? It's uh, Sydney's problems aren't over yet. Uh, But having said that, I was very harsh about Farina last week. Um, I take back a lot of it. He's come in, he's said all the right things, he's done all the right things, he's identified the problem, he's addressed issues. um, I can't fault him for the way he's tackled it so far but having said that I still don't see him going to get a win out of this game
1: I know he's got one arm tied behind his back really because not just Del Piero missing he's missing Emerton he's missing Antone yeah. so in terms of changing things in midfield his options are, are really limited yeah um, I mean what what, what, what what do you see him changing if anything or is it more as Mark says it's just about getting the players up for response. it response yeah know, I
4: think Ricky Herbert once said sometimes it's not always about formations it's about how mm the attitude of the players but I think for sure after what happened with Kovic last week I think uh, Vedran Janjetovic will be checking the barometric, barometric pressure in Wellington for any of those high balls swirling in the wind um, could be an ugly game but I think Sydney might just get a point yeah, I think it's be never been a
1: good hunt, hunting ground for Sydney this following. so
4: Broski scored a great goal there a few years ago but it's going to be a tough it's going to be one of those really ugly games it's a horrible could place,
3: be a
1: melee yeah. as well
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> predictions
1: Ida 1-1 well, one, one. 1-1, Mark.
3: Oh, come on, Sydney. 2-1, Sydney. Come on. Optimist. Kev?
2: I hate to say I don't think it'll be 7-2 uh, talking, but I think a three, 3-0 could be on, on the cards. Yeah, for I, for I, who? I for Phoenix.
1: Yeah, Jeez. I can't see Sydney getting anything out of this. I think it'll be 2-0, 3-1, Wellington. All right, round closes out on uh, Sunday with Western Sydney hosting Brisbane Raw. Western Sydney have already uh, Got a away win at Suncorp this season. Um, I was going to say can they do the double, but it's actually the treble. <laughs> um, can you see them repeating that, Kev? At home, we've, we've often said that Western Sydney, with the way that they set up and the the squad they've got, in a in a perverse way, probably more set up to be the away side, and have struggled a little bit at home when the onus is on them to go forward and be positive and and force the tempo of the game. They've sometimes struggled with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Do we see that being an issue in this as well?
2: I think you know they've got a few issues uh, on the go here. The biggest one I think that's going to be facing them is missing Moy. Aaron Moy. Not Moody, Moy. Uh, because I think, you know, every game, game after game, all the, the attack begins with him and is created. It comes through him. Uh, without him there, then, you know, they've got to look elsewhere. And while they're lacking in finishing i think they're also lacking a bit of creativity in the middle of the park uh, down the wings you know uh, Hersey's um talking about you know wanting to step up and uh, make an impact and i can see there's i've got a, a high respect for him i think that he has got potential to really develop and become something special for them but i don't think this is going to be their week on the the flip side though aurora missing their captain uh with matt smith being away and that's quite a significant loss for them uh, you know they managed to uh, pull something out of the bag last weekend um, but I still think they'll be better off with they would have been better off with Matt Smith there I think this could be quite a tense stalled draw hmm.
1: Words that we haven't associated with Brisbane Raw much over the last three years no. I, the rescinding of the red card mark for, uh, for Thomas Broice was uh, critical you'd think for Brisbane that would be a big lift to get him back in because um, you'd think that Without him, you, you could see this being a sort of bit of a dower encounter. But he, he's got that ability to get on the ball, like you're saying, that that forward positions and make things happen. And and in Berisha, they're one of the few teams you know that, that have got a true number nine. You know that leads the line, that scores goals, that is that sort of penalty box in the face of the defenders. You know, as a defender, you would probably hate to play mm. against players like him. And a lot of teams don't have that. You know, Heskey's done that for the Jets, but you know, you look at Sydney. They don't really have a number nine. You look at Western Sydney, they haven't really got that number nine. Victory haven't really got that number nine. You know, it's They've like got a the false number view. nine. Yeah. yeah. And it, do you see Western Sydney being able to to cope with that, with Barisha and broish
3: I think knowing Popper, he'll be livid that the uh, suspension wasn't, was was upheld, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. because he would have been doing the suspension dance all, all sort of week, <laughs> saying, please, please, please. But you're saying that he's coming back, and it is a player of Broish's class because... He does bring something to that team, and um, without him, you know, I would have, uh, I would have said it, it would have been difficult. It gives him a little element of getting a goal against Western Sydney, but I tell you one thing: Western Sydney won't make it easy. You've seen the way Popper's got them. You've seen the, the limited amount of goals that get scored against them. Um, this will be no different. And uh, in some of the quotes here. Uh, Popper described his last outing against Wellington as the worst of the season, and he wants a reaction, and he will get a reaction. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that people will stand up to and say, you know what, without Moy, Popper, I'm here for you, and I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to roll the sleeves up and get on with it for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've only conceded eight in nine games, which is the second best, equal second best defensive record in the league. Yeah. Uh, behind Adelaide who got the best to conceded seven in nine games So Beecham
4: re- picking up Berisha that'll be a very interesting tussle I think there'll be goals in this um, I, I, Wanderers have to win this one they're on the back of two losses um, I think we're going to see a few goals
2: yeah I mean just going back to last week's four mm. clean sheets that must be close to a record yeah, yeah. Uh, in the A-League and 1-0-0 nil, nil draw I'm not sure we've ever had five zeros on a, a roundup
1: I don't how do you see this one going could be a two-two draw. Yeah,
2: out yep.
4: yeah. there in Wonderland. A Wonderland, yeah. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Wanderers will actually score for the first time in front of the RBB because I don't think they've actually scored in front of them this season. Mm. Yeah, two-two.
1: Two-two. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Brisbane. I think Brisbane will just shade it. Um, all right, Kev, did you give your opinion? No, I, I, uh, I, on, I, I think
2: probably a draw, probably one-one, if not Brisbane roar two-one. Okay.
1: But it's for one final word on the soccer news. I do hope that uh Aaron Moy and Tom Rogic playing both the last two games because and otherwise, bulge. otherwise we've been deprived of watching them in the A League for two weeks. Exactly. Gone all the way to bloody yeah. Hong Kong yeah. and not got a game. Pointless I'd exercise. Rather be here watching them play, you know.
2: Squandered opportunity.
1: Oh, all right. What's more to say about <laughs> sports? Can I have yeah. a podcast for myself?
2: For myself, just
3: on this one. Subject. Just take it home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for thanks a lot well for coming in. Thanks, thanks for, for uh, being yeah, guys, involved This week, excellent it. to have you in yes. here. Ado, Kev, thanks a lot, boys. Simon, producer Simon. and Mikey sat in the background, not saying much. <laughs> thanks for popping in, mate. Um, get out, support the A-League. Uh, watch the Socceroos. I think the streams are on Fox and SBS now. So there's two more games to come. Oh,
2: Socceroos yes. streams. Yeah, sorry. I thought but no, I'm, I'm just throwing yes, the Socceroos to yes. you. I, you I just, know. Kev, like, no. your thoughts on the Socceroos, Kev. <laughs> Have I mentioned
1: All the right. Socceroos? Let's hope that we get the goals that we need to get through to the East Asian Cup. Uh, And get out and support your local A League team. And buy the mag. Buy the mag. Buy the mag, yeah, on sale now. See ya.
0: 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.